Hey, if you've suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, make sure you call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. Free consultations are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Dial 713-322-HURT. That's 713-322-HURT. Or you can go to the website, DaspitLaw.com. What's in your mouth? What's going on there? Lance Erline and Younger Nether. He would never disrespect your name and heritage like that. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Lance Erline and Younger Nether. you so my wife and, and my best friend really love like um like they're having this kind of nostalgic moment with you know uh, older music like we went to ronnie Millsap. i don't care about ronnie Millsap. never have but my wife loves my best friend loves i think they think about their dads um listening to that music and you know like there's music my mom my mom got me into sam cook got it i listen to the yacht rock type stuff whenever she'd take me to baseball practice. So there's, you know, there's connections musically. I've never heard my dad listen to a song in my entire life. I don't think he's ever listened to one song. Never heard him like music in my entire life. My dad, when we traveled, we took trips to Vegas from Southern California. We, the four hour drive radio. No, it was a Paul Simon, the Graceland album. Oh yeah. yeah. So did you get into it? I mean, I, you know it, I know it. And I, it's on my phone now simply because of those trips. Yeah, yeah. So I've got some of the same thing. Like, I don't like Helen Reddy, but I know all the songs because my mom would listen to it. I do like Ambrosia. How could you not like Ambrosia? You're the biggest part of me. But anyway, um, so we went to we went to a concert. My wife said, we're going to a concert. And uh, so we went to Chicago, the band Chicago. Now, they had some bangers in the 70s. Like, they are – the music back then was very soulful. The singing was – it's – and then the 80s was all the ballads and the Peter Cetera stuff, which is a little different. But anyway, I'm like, yeah, I'll go. That's fine. It's a smart financial. Um, it was an older crowd. It was an older crowd. It was very boomerish, which is fine. I know it's become a bad word. Boomer meaning baby boomer. It used to not be a bad word. Now it's considered a, a slur. Um, you could say uh, insult. I just prefer to say a slur. So um, one thing I saw a lot of yesterday at that concert tell was people recording the people recording the stage okay three of the original members are still in they're recording the stage and they've got their lights on they've got the light on while they're recording like that's going to help with the recording let me just tell you that the only people doing that are going to be the boomers because everyone else knows you turn the light off obviously you turn the light off um and hold on a second. What are you talking about? He went to a concert. He's nostalgia. We're talking about nostalgia and his wife and his best friend. Uh, you know, they they hearken back to when they're children and they go see these acts because Yeah, of- like like I went to Chicago yesterday and yeah. and Dell was talking about Paul Simon. I listen to certain music today or I like certain songs because of my mom. That's not an unusual thing. No. Where you listen to stuff because of your parents. And I just said, I never heard my dad listen to one song in my entire life. Never, I don't think he listens to music ever. I used to listen to sports talk with him in the car. I don't recall him ever listening to music. So it's my mom. But I was at the concert, and people, and it's a much older crowd. 
but they're holding up their phones recording and people are getting into it. It was fun. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's like out of their 10 people, three are original, seven are not. But anyway, um, they're holding up their phones and they got the light on while they're recording stuff. And it's like a, the lady behind me is blasting this light all over. And do you, ma'am, do you know that this isn't not, it's actually going to make it worse. You know, this isn't, you know, you're not supposed to have your light on when you record. And I look around and there's like 14 people with their lights on. And I just thought nobody who is Gen Z or, or, uh, or, or millennials would ever have their lights on. While videoing a concert, yeah, the only time it's in the, the dark, it makes no the sense. The only time the light comes on is when it's for ambiance during a song. Like, mm-hmm. you're, but you're not filming; you're just using it as a flashlight. For yeah, a song. exactly, like, exactly. And I noticed the woman in front of me was probably about sixty-seven, sixty-eight years old. She had her phone on, and it was recording. She didn't know it was still recording. It's just sitting on her lap. It was. <laughs> wow. She recorded about an hour and fifteen minutes of nothing. You and I just said, "Let it." I just said, "Let it happen." I'm like, "This is." This is a move right here. At one point, I was going to record it. But then I Where's she going to put this, by the way? You, a 60-plus-year-old woman, who's she recording that for? She's I don't uploading know. that to a computer, watch it later. What's she doing? Do you ever re- – so I've recorded stuff from concerts or whatever. Do you really Just ever go back and watch it again? Yeah, to send somebody. I send it to my kids. Yeah, yeah. Send I'm it at this kids. concert. And but you're do you not. ever watch it? You're not. Do you ever go back and rewatch yeah. it? I'm sure whatever you're doing is fun too. That's what I always say. Tell he he ever does. Look at this golf course I'm at. All he he records stuff to hold over other people's heads. Yes, that's what I do. Yeah, Yeah. because I'm a good person. No, you're a terrible person. No, 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 no. I haven't done that since like MySpace was a thing. Recording because you use MySpace to interact with people. So hey, look where I am. But I don't do that anymore. I went to a concert a couple Fridays ago. There's a new thing called texting, Dell. You could do that with people. I know, but I don't want to. The point is, my point is. It hasn't been a thing for me since MySpace was a thing. Right. I don't care about it. I went to a concert a couple of Fridays ago. Didn't think to pull out my phone once because I just wanted to watch the band perform. That's yeah. all. No, I've taken um, taken pictures of the band. Yeah, I guess you don't look at them. <laughs> I guess you don't. Um, Alan Williams had his light on when taking when at the taking a video at the concert. Is that true? Is that why he got? That's why he resigned from the Bears. Yeah, that's why he resigned from the Bears. Yeah, um, Alan Williams. Got caught up in the F-35 scandal. He was the pilot <laughs> that jumped out of the plane. Okay. Maybe he knew Justin Fields was going to do what he did. Said, he ain't talking about me. I know mm-hmm. I know I'm know. i a defensive coordinator, but I don't want anyone to think he's referring to me. So I'm out. I'm out. That was, that was me, but I'm out. Um, anyway, uh, 713-780-3776 is the number. If you want to get in here with us on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, we hit, we spent two segments on the Bears. We haven't talked about the biggest win for the Astros this season in a while now. The Astros win it yesterday in walk-off Houston, fashion. all systems go. What? Third, third, think about this, though. This is now three consecutive series at home where the teams have not been able to sweep the Astros because the Astros that? rise up. And, and win the final games, the Astros are unsweepable mm-hmm. right now. And when you are, when our brand of baseball is great, if you think you're going to come in here and just sweep the Astros, you got another thing coming. You may win the first two, yep. but you got a dogfight on your hands That's in right. game three. In game three? You got a dogfight on your well, hands if you're looking to look, sweep the Astros. And we home. talked about Dusty's quote about saving Yordan and maybe sacrificing the game for the nine upcoming. Did we see this quote from Dusty? Collectively, the Royals and A's have over 90 wins, and I think taking two out of six from a 91 team isn't half bad. That's not, that's that, not no one true. Said that. That's that. ML football said that. Are we sure? Yes. Are you sure about that? That is not. 
That is not true, well, Justin. When you think about it that way, he we played two ninety-one teams. When you combine the two, yeah. and you won two out of six. I mean, it ain't great, but it ain't awful either when you well, think about it that way. But they're forty-five win teams. Yeah, no. When you combine well, them, yeah, I know. When you combine them, they're ninety. They're a ninety-one I team. You. I got you. I got you. But that's not the. That's not how we do it. Oh, now he did say this is the best about Javier. He's got a quote about Christian. It was that was what came out of this game. If Christian Javier, if Fromber, Verlander, and Javier can all get back to looking like themselves. Now we got something going here for the postseason. Here's Dusty on Javier. And our pitching was was outstanding. I mean, that's the best that <clears throat> that's the best that um, Javier's looked this year. He looked like the old young Javier. He's not old, but it's. Uh, I mean, that was a that was a big one. It's nice to see the guys uh, happy and partying because it's been a morgue in there the last couple games, and you know. Um, Boy, that was a that was a huge game. It really is huge for Javier because can you imagine if Javier's been tipping his pitches, which is always possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if Jeremy Branham has it, and I say that actually because Jeremy Branham thought he found something yesterday. We we talked about Jeremy Branham thought he found something with with Ryan Presley, and I'm just thinking, man, if Jeremy Branham sees something in the Astros pitchers, pitching coaches and pitchers, I would I would hope pitchers or batters would work together. And it's probably it's probably the pitching coach's job, but I would want Alex Centron in there. I would want I would want everybody working on this. Hey, can you find if 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 right. can you find if Hunter Brown is tipping? Can you find if Presley's tipping? Can you find if Christian Javier's tipping? And if you find that he's not, and my guess is there's something. Look, the fastball's not moving the same, so obviously there's something with release point or mechanics of the release that are different. But if you found that, and if you work that kink out. Just like you can work out swing issues, you can work out shooting issues. Yeah. Sometimes there's there's a technical flaw. Can you imagine if they work this out headed into the playoffs and this Javier is back? Mm. The, the quote-unquote old Javier yeah. is back? Can you imagine? That's like trading for a pitcher at the deadline because the one we've had is a minor league pitcher. Yes. He's no. a triple-A pitcher at best. At best. At best. No, Probably more AAA of a, guys could hit him. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a he's not a professional pitcher. That guy that we've seen this year, he but just this not guy is this, this guy, guy is Chris, This oh. guy's the real Christian Javier. So there's no way this is. It's not a Freaky Friday thing where he changed bodies. There was lightning and he changed, you know, he changed bodies with like Mushnik or whatever. No, it's not. It's Parker Mushinsky. Mush, yeah. Whatever. I hope Mushinsky. I never see the last name again. No, I, but I don't mind seeing. I didn't mind seeing what he did, too. Graveman gave up a hit, beat it. Come on, Abreu. Let's go. Get mm-hmm. in here. That wasn't so bad. No, you Dusty, know, Dusty ain't. There was some managerial it, it, stuff. Yes. And he pinch hit from Maldonado. Yes. Like, there were some things Dusty did that were, I need here's to win the, this. Here's the issue, though. Maldonado, I mean, Singleton's the second guy off the bench. Is that it? Is that right? The guy who's a 110 hitter? Well, that wasn't. Yeah, but he That's, lined out. I know he lined out, but that was pretty cool. That's your second guy off the bench. It was, it was, it was surprising for yes. me. Yes, I guess that's the case. But Mike, with Uncle Mike down, yes, mm-hmm. yes. What happens if Uncle be. Mike is healthy? Then you you got better options than than John Singleton, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. So Uncle Mike needs to rest again. Um, uh, God, it's so he. How many games did Uncle Mike play? 
got to shut him down. Or, well, for a little while we shut him down anyway. I mean, just wish, I just wish he could be, like, healthy for a week or two. That'd be great. 814 ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Y'all haven't gotten in yet. The biggest win of the year, and we got nothing from you? Lazy. Let's go. 713-780-3776. You guys like to get lazy on your patio. I do. Uh, Patios where you either get really busy because you're grilling, you got friends coming over, the guys are coming over to watch uh, Saturday football or Sunday football, so you're making, man, you're making your ribs, you're making steaks, burgers, hot dogs, whatever the case may be. You got your refrigerator full of beer. This is a real thing that can happen for you. It's a real opportunity for you to have an event at your home. So you may be busy getting ready to, you know, make sure that everyone has a great time at your patio from Texas Custom Patios with your TV, maybe two TVs, maybe a bank of TVs. Anything that you can think of that you can conceive of, they're going to do it. No matter whether it's no TVs and a fireplace and a great bar area and, and kitchen area if you've got that kind of space or if it's something that really just is exactly what you want for your enjoyment they can build it for you they use the best stone natural stone and you know the granite the, the stamp concrete travertine on the ground whatever you're looking for they can add uh, for me they added some uh, drains in my yard where i was getting too much uh, too much water they did that for me they designed everything they added a fire pit that the kids use uh, at times so Really, truly, you or you can just be lazy, as John mentioned. You can be lazy on that patio, and that's perfectly fine, too. It's Texas Custom Patios. Add to your enjoyment of your life. Life's too short for you not to enjoy it, and make sure that Texas Custom Patios is that phone call that you make. It's TexasCustomPatios.com. Go look at the before and afters, TexasCustomPatios.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Offensive Masterminds, running an outside zone on your intelligence, John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, quick segment here. we got Josh Pate coming up on a huge college football weekend. Huge college I'm really looking forward to this. You want to give away the UH tickets now? Let's do it. Let's do it because we're going to be talking to college football. we got UH tickets. It is going to be a beautiful day. A beautiful day out there. Uh, to, on Saturday night. So this is a great way to go and spend a Saturday night relatively cheaply. I mean, you got, I mean, you got a great deal going on right now at the, at, uh, the U of H football games. You've got, uh, you got four hot dogs, four sodas, uh, four tickets for just 60 bucks. Or you can tickets start individually at just twenty bucks. Sam Houston's coming to town. Sam Houston is no pushover. Sam Houston can play some defense now. Now, they're not great offensively, but they can play some defense, so this is going to be crazy. So I'll tell you what, at, at exactly 825, caller number four is going to win two tickets to the game. Beautiful night for football. Let's go. Let's get out there. So um, we, haven't, we haven't talked about the Texans at all. Let's uh, talk a little Texans football here. Um, C.J. Stroud's shoulder is an issue and can, will continue to be an issue. Um, so C.J. Stroud met the media yesterday, um, and he says that this is an injury that he has had before at Ohio State, and he is not worried about it. He says he feels good physically. Um, here is C.J. Stroud. Okay, well, I got I to gotta, hold on. Dell was actually doing his job. What were you doing out there with the intern? 
And you were just actually. I was making sure Trent had all the information for when I'm people sorry, called I'm sorry, does in. your intern, John, uh, uh, raise your hand, radio stations, if your intern's dad is an NFL coach. Okay. okay, I'm waiting. Any other radio stations or radio shows have a dad who is an NFL a coach dad and right a host. now? Who's, whose team plays today? They play today, by the way. It's oh, Thursday yeah. Night Football. Oh, that's oh, that's T Mac uh, show. Yeah. Oh, T Mac. Right, nice, nice. Um, so. Oh, you didn't know it's T Mac's son. I didn't know. You just thought it was a random. You just thought it was a random intern who wears giant stuff all the time. Yeah. Well, no. I didn't see him wearing giant stuff, did he? I didn't He's got on today. No, I had to run by him. Meet the team. Meet the to, team. I had to go. Well, how about when when you come in, you say, hi, Hold my on. name is. Bring the intern on. Yeah. We don't have, really have the time for that. We don't, right because now. it's uh, 20. Yeah, we don't have time. Oh, So yeah. we do have time to hear beat the limo. from C.J. Stroud. Were we beating about, the limo again? Or? About he's, how he's feeling. Uh, I feel good. Like, sitting here in front of y'all, man. I'm, I'm blessed, man. I, I don't. Uh, football is a physical sport, physical sport, and that's what I signed up for. But my body's fine. I'm all right. Like well, after week one, you kind of get used to just getting hit and like the rehab that goes into the, that Monday, Tuesday, getting your body back for Wednesday and, and so forth, so you can practice well. Um, so that's really what I've been doing. But yeah, I feel good. So yeah. so no nothing about I just gotta play and be me. I just gotta play free. Nothing from CJ. He didn't really – well, he threw for 384 no. yards. Oh, I just thought it was an Ohio State quarterback thing. So, do we have to wait to year three for him to do that? Um, I, I just got to be me and play free? <laughs> no. And he's not going to say well, – I think this is on the coaches. I, I don't believe CJ's no. going to say that. Okay. But yeah. I think this is probably on the coaches. Um, plus, well, one guy, Justin Fields, has started 27 games and has never thrown for 300 yards. In CJ's second start, he threw for 300. Almost 400 yards. With that offensive line, that's the that's the amazing thing about this. Well, <clears throat> that's why when you look when you take a little broader view of C.J. Stroud, I've noticed people have really come around. What people are saying after the game, and then as the as the week has progressed, I think people have taken a little different. I've noticed that the tone has kind of changed. The guy was missing four offensive linemen. Now, if you just box score scouting, I get it. You see three eighty four, and you're like, wow, three eighty four. Yes, but in the context, and I know some of it came in quote-unquote garbage time, but in garbage time, C.J. Stroud was still out there competing. He was still out there making plays. He was still out there delivering the passes accurately into spots again in the zone that were down the field. C.J. Stroud with four offensive, show me any quarterback in the league that could survive and, and thrive with four offense, four starters at, on the offensive line. On an offensive line that show wasn't considered any, to be that good anyway. Yeah, show me any, yeah. show me any quarterback. Pat yeah. Mahomes all the way down, yeah. who you missed for. Joe Burrow damn near got his whole life ended, and he got to a Super Bowl somehow with starters, which was great. Imagine taking those starters out. What would have happened to Joe Burrow? Mm-hmm. He would have gotten. He'd been out for the year again with another injury. Joe Burrow so injury prone. Remember, he broke his knee, and now he's limping around. His leg atrophied and he can barely move what are you talking about joe Bur- we're talking about the texans and you go into joe uh, well, Bur- my another, quarterback another ohio state quarterback okay i am a i'm, a, another I'm a stroud guy okay. i'm not gonna say a stroud yeah. boy i'm they a don't stroud get to claim joe burrow they do though i'm no. a stroud guy my quarterback is durable mm. my oh. quarterback Let's is play two games yeah. look at anthony richardson two games two injuries two bryce well, young hey Everyone's afraid for his safety eh. now. You better watch CJ Stroud got six sacks six times. 384? Yeah. Okay, you better watch yourself. 
Joe Burrow got hurt in his seventh game. You got two games under your belt, and you're making all these. I see how sturdy wild he is. accusations. That's over a there. sturdy. That's a sturdy man. So we he's got. gone from untrustworthy to sturdy. Yeah. I, look, Justin Fields has the Brad hair too. <laughs> I didn't notice that yesterday. Yeah, I noticed yeah. it yesterday too. I'm like, that's the Brad hair. It's Ohio State hair. <laughs> yeah, I know it's playing very yeah. poorly right now. Uh, but he's starting to change that narrative about guys who have hair like DeBrat can't play. Yeah. Yeah. Stroud's starting to change that. You know what? Uh, That's Billy, your narrative. That is. Your, it's, it's out there. There's a narrative about plumbers out there. And Josh Pate is next right here. We're going to talk college football with him, so stick stick with us. There's a narrative about plumbers oh, that they played out there. in the 80s against Jordan? No. Plum, not those plumbers. Oh. These are regular plumbers that come to your house and fix stuff, and they got butt crack showing, and it's gross, and then they're ripping you off. And that kind of stuff is going on with the plumbers. Nah, nah. Your, your that's valve. Not the plumbers. I found an issue with the valve that's, of the yeah. of the sim, simplex. That's not the plumber I want in my yeah. house. What yeah. I want is the aqueduct plumbing guys because they've come to my Pants house. Pulled up. Yep. Pil- yes. There's no butt crack. I, well, I don't know. I haven't seen all of them. Maybe one of them's got a butt crack thing going on. I don't know. Well, it, can I'm happen any, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. But it's not. It's not the their way of walking around. No, 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 no. And I'm sure they. And I'm sure that there's some kind of a technique that they use to stop that. I hope Billy, I'm hoping Billy does coach that up. Yeah. Now you got to be yourself though too. Don't forget. Okay. You, gotta, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. You can't listen. Sometimes you can't listen to coaching. You just have to do yeah. stuff. Be yourself. Be free. Be yourself. Don't but be robotic. No, they do. They do work in structure. Um, their structure is get out there, do it for free. Well, don't do the whole work for free, but diagnose for free. And then, you know, uh, uh, be completely transparent in the process, which John's found out and I found out, which is great. Have a fair price and then do the work the right way the first time. So they stay in structure, John. They're, they're yep. coachable and they're great at executing. So you got to put this phone number in your phone, 281-488-6238, 281-488-6238 or aqueductplumbingcompany.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Offensive Masterminds, running an outside zone on your intelligence. John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, welcome back. What a week we've got. Josh Pate with us now at Late Kick Josh. The Late Kick with Josh Pate, and it's brought to you. He is brought to you every week by Damaris Barbecue right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Josh we had a crappy week last week that, well, we had one really, really good game that we had to stay up late for, and most of America did. But this week, what a week of games we got. This is, the, this is great. This is going to be a fun weekend, isn't it? How, I mean, how dead inside would you have to be to not be fired up for this? My, my stats and info department, which is one person, by the way, handed me a sheet the other day this is the most ranked versus ranked in one weekend we've had since 05. Wow. That's forever ago. Wow. That is awesome. And you still got some other good games outside of the top 25, but this is okay. So where are you going? Or if you can't get there, what's your favorite game this weekend? Oh, I'm going up to South Bend, man. I'm on the field for that one. Ohio State Notre Dame is the one I circled in the preseason. I thought it was going to be a conflict. Either that one or FSU Clemson, but that week one uh, mishap by Clemson kind of took care of that. Although I'm looking forward to that one as well. But you know how we we have talked about this on this show like two times already this season. How college football teams are a little bit different, or they're a lot different than pro teams. But one of the differences in the season 
It's when you don't have preseason games and you're still playing with 18 to 22-year-olds, very rarely do you have established products out of the gate. And so you're trying to be good enough out of the gate, but you steadily improve in a perfect world. And teams like Ohio State, just for example, have loaded rosters. They are not the version of themselves they're capable of being yet, but they haven't lost a game because they haven't played anyone. And you're trying to see around the corner. You're trying to ask yourself, when is that week where they emerge? When do they pop? And I don't know if it's going to be this week. I suspect we'll see the best version of them this week. But also, we've legitimately got a situation here where you may have Notre Dame with a quarterback advantage, and that's certainly not something we would have said a year ago. But this game was close a year ago in Columbus. It's just Notre Dame had to play such a defensive ball control, take the air out of the game sort of style. Maybe Ohio State finds themselves in that role this year, and it's going to be good, man. I, I went back and forth seven times trying to pick that game. You still don't know? I, I like Notre Dame. You like Ohio State, right, Lance? I, I like Notre Dame. No, I like Notre Dame. You like Notre Dame, too? Yeah, I don't like I, Oh, I Dell think, likes Ohio State. I think that Notre Dame, now, I haven't, I haven't decided who Ohio State is yet, but I think Notre Dame, I've decided who I think Sam Hartman is. And... I think Sam Hartman is a guy who's not going to be intimidated. I think a lot of Notre Dame quarterbacks, if you really go through the list of Notre Dame quarterbacks, they never really had a guy that was like, it's been a long time since they had a dude or a guy with the type of confidence of Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman has some Baker Mayfield type at Oklahoma swagger to him where he is a very confident player. I don't think the name Ohio State's going to scare him. I really don't. I He's just kind of how he's built. Now, are they good enough? outside uh, in coverage? Are they good enough at the skill positions? You know, there's always that, can you match up with Ohio State? Well, Josh, isn't there always been a speed thing for Notre Dame? It has, and look, they're they're relying on true freshmen, wide receivers, to be their difference makers. But like you just said, a guy like Hartman can kind of establish receivers instead of vice versa. The other thing to think about here is they hired Jim Knowles as the defensive coordinator at Ohio State last year, and they improved defensively. This year, they think they're really improved defensively, and that, to me, is the great question. What if they do go on the road, and they do have the second-best quarterback in that game? What if everything we're saying about Hartman is true? Can that defense actually win a game for Ohio State? Because they believe it can. I'm fascinated to see if it can. I leaned Ohio State slightly because I think it can, and so we're all going to find out together. So, this week, I've never seen as many people down on Alabama as we have seen this week. They got Ole Miss, and and you know if they lose this game, you're writing off their season already, and you're and a lot of people are writing off Nick Saban already. I think it might be a little premature. So, one of the reasons everyone's fired up about this weekend is obvious. Just look at the marquee. But the other reason, if you're a little more sadistic, which we all are, is yes. You've got Alabama and Clemson and Texas A&M with a chance to have two losses before September's over, which is like out of this world crazy. So what you just said is really interesting. In the past, under Nick Saban, when Alabama's in wounded animal mode, you just expect them to come out on fire. And I think they'll mentally be in a place where they want to do that but I don't know. I don't know that that team has that gear. I think they've got the the talent roster, but I mean that doesn't mean anything if it's not being properly utilized. I'm just trying to ask myself: at their best, what are they? 
That offensive line is a sieve right now. Ole Miss is right near the top of the country in sack rate. Alabama is worst in power five in sack rate allowed, which is just mind-boggling. Um, Jackson Dart, Ole Miss quarterback, double-digit yards per attempt right now through the air. Quinn Ewers got Alabama through the air. Jackson Dart probably going to be able to. Ole Miss can run the ball decently enough, even with Quinchon Jenkins not 100%. And also, when you've already been staggered, there's that thing that happens, especially with these more established brands. And I think Clemson and Alabama could both fall into this this weekend. If the road team grabs the early lead, it deflates those places so quickly because those folks are so paranoid and they've got such a pit in their stomach of the uh-oh factor that you could really neutralize the road environment by just taking an early lead. And that's not always the case. Like if Ohio State takes an early lead on Notre Dame, Notre Dame will still be on fire. Bryant-Denny Stadium and Memorial Stadium up there in Clemson, those places could be very quiet if you got seven or ten to nothing FSU Ole Miss on the board. So it's so imperative they start fast, and that's not something either of those teams have done this year. How? So, you know, it's interesting about thinking about Alabama, it, this is probably just like a Josh and Lance conversation. I don't know how people be interested in this, but they got two freshmen who are highly regarded freshmen. They're both over 350 pounds in the neighborhood of 360 pounds. They're not like big blobs or anything like that. They're just huge humans, but they're really having a hard time pass protection. Now, it may be because they're freshmen. It also may be because they just don't move as well laterally and you know some things you need to look at from a protection standpoint, but Looking across their roster and, and how things have gone in the draft over, like especially last year, the trend now is that Georgia, if you really look at this, Georgia has overtaken, Kirby Smart has overtaken Saban. Georgia's overtaken Alabama. I, I, the way it's trending right now, he has no quarterbacks on the roster that look like they're any good. This is starting to point towards potentially Saban, you know, and Alabama maybe is on a decline that they're not going to be able to, and a tailspin they're they're not going to be able to pull out of. Not to, not to the level of what we know Alabama as is the standard bearer. I think that may be over. Well, I know I know why you say that. I see the same things you do. Um, you see it with a more trained eye than I do, even. But at the same time, the edge they no longer possess is in coaching. But it's it's not just. Saban versus Smart. Uh, Georgia's coaching staff is better and deeper than Alabama. Because they stay. Josh, yeah. Alabama, and you know this, Alabama's been through like five offensive line coaches in the last eight years. Like Nick, Nick is one of the greatest of all time in any sport, but he burns through coaches at an incredible rate. Yeah. If you, you know, what's funny is not to dovetail too far down a rabbit hole, but last year I was in Athens. I was talking to some folks on Georgia's staff. I think we had this conversation before, actually, and they said, you know what's changed the most about Kirby? When he first got here, he tried to be Nick Saban, and the staff felt it. And he, they said, over the past two or three years, I don't know what it was about COVID or whatever, but like the post-COVID Georgia, they said Kirby Smart is a different guy to work for. And all of a sudden, you know, if you're Glenn Schumann's, for example, they stick around. And when guys leave, it's really just because they got definitively better offers. But there is an army of off-field folks who have been there for several years now. A lot of them came from Alabama, and that's one of the reasons why. But to get back to your point or your question, so Alabama's coaching roster is not to the Alabama standard right now. The quarterback room is not to the Alabama standard right now. Now, for Saban, that's as simple as, 
let's go hire a bunch of new ones, no expense spared in the offseason. And they've, they've either got a five-star true freshman coming in or they'll just go pay whatever they need to in the portal to get a quarterback. So the faces, I think they can get in the seats. The continuity, the gelling, and also making sure the complementary pieces around that quarterback and those coaches are in place and cohesive enough to where they need to be, that's where my question is. It's sort of the mortar between the bricks. I don't doubt he can get the bricks still. We got Josh Pay with us at Lake Kick Josh every week right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 brought to you by Damaris Barbecue. Josh, I thought Jay Billows put out the best tweet. He said if this was that hit that Henry Blackburn hit on, on Travis Hunter, he said if this was college basketball, we've got a flagrant two and he'd be out of the game. Does college football need a flagrant two? Um, I never thought about that. Yeah. I, I, look, I would love to overhaul the entire, um, the entire targeting system, the personal foul system. I'd love to look at all that. But right now, while on one extreme, you don't have the flagrant two, you also don't have the ability to, to judge intent or to judge veracity of a targeting foul. Like right now you got guys, who are already committing their body to contact, and the ball carrier lowers himself, and they make helmet-to-helmet contact, and my defender is out of the game, probably for doing what he was supposed to do. And the officials do not currently possess the power to say, all right, we're going to call 15-yard targeting, but you're not out of the game. It's crazy. So I would love to look over all that, but anytime you bring that up, you guys have probably had these conversations too. Even anytime you talk to a college official or an administrator off the record, they agree with you, and then they shake their head no, and they say, but you know we can't do it. Litigiously, we cannot do it. We cannot be perceived as walking backwards a single inch, or we will drown in lawsuits. And that sucks, but if that is the way it is, I guess mm-hmm. I just have to live with it. But it really is a detriment to the product. Did you guys both watch Swamp Kings? I know, John, you did, right? Did you finish Swamp yeah, Kings? Yeah. Okay, did you watch Swamp Kings, uh, Josh? I, I sure I sure did see that major right hit. I was reminded of that. Okay, thank that. you. So Jason Brown, of all people, from uh, yeah. Last Chance You, he tweeted this out, and it was, and maybe he got it from somebody else. Boy, it was, it was pretty, it makes you think. Mate, he went back to major right, talking about the hit on the sideline and uh, what was it, the national championship game? where he's he's ranging over the top the same way. Now, he gets there at the time the ball gets there, but he says out of his human mouth, he says, I, I could have made, instead of going after the interception, I wanted to set the tone and, and, and intimidate and make them fear, you know, and make them fear me or something like that. He, dro- he dove head first with right. the crown of his helmet into Different the time. chest. Different time, though. Well, but the point is, it's still the same thing, though. Yeah. It's still the same thing. Not only was he not penalized, which obviously because it's a different time, but his whole point, everyone, what do you think What do you think Henry Blackburn was doing? It's just the point that right. look at how people responded then versus how people respond now. It's because it was Dion. Well, yeah, but you, you knock Travis Hunter and you put him in the hospital. It's, you know, I don't know if this guy lived. Yeah, right. Who got no, no, hit. No, no, I can't no. remember who the receiver <laughs> no, no. was. It was, one of, the, it was right. one of the most violent hits I've ever seen. Right. And the point is... But, in one sense, it's like I wanted to make a statement. Now it's you could have ended his life. Well, it's the same thing. It's a safety trying to make a statement. It deserves a penalty. But I did think the the flagrant two thing was an interesting point that Billis brought up because yep. that was so far after the ball had yep. gone. You know, I'd have been fine if that was also considered a targeting. Yeah, he maybe should have. You know what? Well, uh, maybe Trevor. not death threats though, John. No, maybe not, not death, death threats. threats. No. Okay. Uh, moving on. 
I, I, Josh, I've never seen a clause in a contract like Kirk Ferentz has that he's got to score 24 points a game. And now you're just begging the guy to just run run scores up. He's got Penn State this week. Does he hit 24? <laughs> no, they will not. No. I was so mad last week. I was at the St. Louis airport coming back from the Missouri game, and I looked at the score. So I had Western Michigan plus 28 and a half against Iowa. I was up by 21. Western Michigan's in the red zone. I can even afford for Iowa to put another touchdown on the board. So I'm good. So there's 10 minutes to go. I come back and look, and those suckers have scored a touchdown, then gone and kicked a field goal to score as many as possible on an inferior opponent. And so they cost me money. And in the end, I, I really, in my heart of hearts, don't even believe they intend on enforcing this clause. I really think they did it to just quiet the noise this year. And don't ask me how, because I haven't even bothered looking at it, really. I, I just think Kurt Ferentz did it to shut people up and figured we'll either run it up on inferior opponents and it'll be a moot point, or we'll just, we'll just not honor it. I mean, what are they going to do? They're not gonna, we're the Ferentzes. They're not going to do anything to us. Or we'll let the contract lapse and we'll sign them to a new contract. So I think it's probably much ado about nothing, but I do agree with you. It is, it, it's something that only happens in college football. To keep your son employed, you put a numerical clause in his contract knowing full well you play three tomato cans per year that you could run it up on. Well, listen, when Dion was doing all of this, I just thought it was daddy ball. Shadur can play. Now, at Oklahoma State, Gundy's using his kid, not D- working as dude. Well. D- what happened? What has happened to Oklahoma State? Yeah, they going into last week. So coming out of week two, they already had three quarterbacks with fifteen passing attempts or more. Uh, they just don't have. They don't have it. Like they don't have anything. They got smoked by South Alabama at home, just like owned. And now they dive into conference play. I I think that they they obviously saw a lot of guys walk out via the portal. By the way, Spencer Sanders is just sitting on the bench for Ole Miss. There's no winner in this scenario. He leaves there. He's not starting, and everybody's sadder because of it. They had a lot of guys walk out via the portal, okay? They tried to tell folks behind the scenes, yeah, but we didn't want most of them anyway. Oh, and by the way, we signed a few via the portal. And it's like, okay, that's great, but you're not you're not like – Ohio State, you can't afford to have that kind of roster churn, can you? Well, we'll just see. We always get it done. Mm. Well, what always has happened is not always guaranteed to happen, and that's rough. They could quickly find themselves in the basement of that conference, and I'm talking about at the expense maybe even of some of the new coming teams, and that's that's not good. That's not good at all. No, 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 no. Well, Alan Bowman's been around for how long? Well, I mean, for te- with Texas Tech, I mean, he's been around forever. And you would think he could, they're just bad. That is, no, you're right. They didn't, they, uh, the year before the Aggies had the most portal uh, losses than in Oklahoma State this past year. Was that, was that the most or was, no, Colorado was the most, right? Well, yeah, but Colorado, if you, if you go non Colorado extenuating circumstance right. teams, I believe it was Oklahoma State. Okay. Before we go, what a great game on Saturday night. It was the most watched on ESPN. Is that is this the end of the line? What with Oregon and USC coming up for Colorado? Yeah, I think I think Oregon will run it up on them. Um, we've had a lot of just dumb conversation around this. I love it. I love Dion. Please don't get me wrong, but I and I've I've reaped the benefits of it. But 
we are paying what we call the Dion tax on Late Kick, which is the expense of having someone transcendent bringing in a new audience. Is that new audience doesn't know your sport, but they talk about your sport, and it's it's just mind numbing. Well, when Oregon beats them Saturday, you're also going to have a bunch of fools on the other side who are tired of listening to it hating on Colorado and Dion like they were ever supposed to even be here to begin with this year, much less ranked against Oregon. So we'll have two-way stupidity Saturday after Oregon beats them, and <laughs> uh-huh. we'll just be standing here in the middle. Yeah, I just a, hate that that's where we are, but it's it's like it we is. know what we're dealing with every week now. Yeah. It's it's you got Alonzo Highsmith had to come out and say, "Hey, uh, I I'm happy for Dion. That's great. I ain't never wearing." Colorado stuff like if Michael I'm a Irvin hurricane. Yeah, yeah, like how in the world are you guys yeah. doing this? Yeah, uh, well, that's Dion brought – he's brought something to the table. There's no question. Brought he has brought a table. lot of eyes to the table. We got to break it there. We're up against it. Josh Pate at Late Kick Josh, the Late Kick with Josh Pate, and he's brought to you by Damaris Barbecue right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Josh, always great to talk to you. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, guys. Appreciate it. I'm talking about Coors. I'm going to have me some Coors Lights. I'm going to – I'm going to go out to the Cougs game on Saturday, and I'll be having some Coors Lights out there. Of course, I'll probably have some Coors Lights today. Probably have some Coors Lights tomorrow. Probably have some Coors Lights, yeah, watching games on Saturday. And then Sunday, you got to have Coors Lights because you're going to be watching NFL. Then Monday, Monday Night Football, Coors Lights. Tuesday will be a good day for Coors Lights. <laughs> I guess I'll just have some Coors Lights. That's what I do. So if you're like me, and you should be, you need cold, clean, crisp, refreshing Coors Light. You need the world's most refreshing beer. You need to keep Texas chill like I'm keeping Texas chill. Do your job. I'm doing my job. You need to do your job. Keep Texas chill with cold, clean, crisp, refreshing Coors Light. John plus Lance equals a damn good start to your day. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. All right, it's uh, 8.53 on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Um, so, Astros win. And Dusty pushed all the right buttons. I mean, Jordan came in at just the right time, walked, scored the run, on the Pena double. And then Dubon is batting for Jordan because he pinch ran for him and scored the tying run. And Dubon comes up with a game-winning hit. He, Graveman, gave up a double, sitting, come on, get out. Come here, come sit next to me. We're not doing that today, Graveman. Brought in Abreu. Abreu got that last out, then came out the next inning. Bing, bing, bing. Abreu is, if even, I, I don't care. Abreu is the most trustworthy reliever, period. He is. He period. is. Do you know that when he gets two strikes, his batting average against is .89? When he gets the two strikes on you, you're cooked. Yeah. They're not even hitting 100 on him. So he is. About one in 11 guys get a hit. He is dominant With once he gets strikes. the two strikes. Wow. Dominant in the league. Wow. That was something I looked up on the Remarkable, no. um, which is which is great intel. Um, but he is a, you know, this is also interesting. Martin Maldonado slugging just 291. 
against right-hand pitch. He's tied for ninth lowest in the MLB with at least 225. Who's worse? Bregman. <laughs> I mean, oh, no, against left-handers. Oh. Bregman's against left-handers. Martin can't hit right-handers, so every right-hander oh, should be Yiner. Worse than- every right-hander should be Yiner Diaz start. Don't say Abreu. No, I, I don't know who's worst. Oh, 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 oh. Like, who's worse than Maldonado at Oh, there's, he's ninth. He's ninth. Ninth who's worst? Who's one through eight? Holy crap, they're bad. Um, Jeremy Pena stepped up. Javier stepped up, which was awesome. Um, I, I, again, Yiner steps up. Uh, he had a tough game before that, but he comes up with a double in the ninth. Uh, Dubon stepped up with the game-winning hit. Abreu stepped up. Presley stepped up. Dusty says this game's all about that. That's what it's all about. You know, everybody talks about, you know, all these letters, but it's about driving in and scoring runs. That's what it's all about. I mean, you can have opportunities, but you got to have guys to drive them in. You know, they had a decision to make over there, whether they pitched to uh, to Dubon or whether they pitched to, because I was down to my last player, because Michael really wasn't available if they were going to pitch to Kessinger or not. So, uh, you know, Dewey's gotten some big hits for us this year. All the right buttons. Wow. Dusty wow. literally now that was the wrong buttons by the Orioles. But Dusty Don't literally you put punched. a runner on first and, tr- and 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 move into a double play situation. Yeah, and you could when, have. when Gray Kessinger is on deck, you could have. I mean, yeah, honestly. Well, yeah, with Gray Kessinger, yeah, but you don't. They brought yeah, because the in- it's just one run and you lose. What's the difference? What's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah, you go after Greg Kessinger. Dubon has had some hits in, in clutch moments. Yes, he has. And he's going to be aggressive. How about this stat? He has a swing rate of 58% this year, third highest in baseball. This guy's hacking. He's going to swing. He's going to swing early. But, uh, yeah, I probably would have rather seen Greg Kessinger. You're micromanaging that inning if you're the Orioles just to get out of it with no runs. So you want to give yourself the best road possible now. You know, you would have also had to face who was it Altuve after that. So I mean, think about think about the lineup. You're also not thinking, okay, what if we well, don't get the double play? Well, so uh, you get a strike. What if you get a strikeout? Now you got two outs. Altuve coming up, obviously, but I don't know. Any he would have beat you. Any, and then his little a two Altuve. I want to put. Walk I want to. I want to. When you got. Craig Kessinger sitting there ready. Or you try to get out Mauricio Dubon and Greg Kessinger instead of Greg Kessinger and Altuve. You could think of it that way, too. I mean, I'd much rather face Greg Kessinger and Dubon than Altuve. Yeah, you could look. Yeah, but you, it's all you needed was a fly ball. Uh, and, 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 and Greg Kessinger. You is, weren't going to beat the Astros. No, you weren't going to beat the Astros. I don't think he. If I'm you Baltimore, sweep, if I'm Baltimore fans, I'm like, what are you doing? But you can't sweep the Astros. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he's not, they're on now you can soft sweep them. That was the very definite two to one. That was the very definition of a soft sweep. But you can't hard sweep us, and that's something that everyone's learning around the league. You're like, dude, you going? You guys are going to Houston? Good luck because you may take the first two, but you ain't getting the third. So at home, playing the you're Astros, not going to get the third mm-hmm. from them when they're at home. So playing the Astros is like what happens on Cinemax after eleven o'clock, which is what though? It's soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if yeah. you but. You can't get to P Hub with the Astros. Whoa! I don't. Good lord! No, he keeps saying soft and hard. I'm trying to figure out what he means. Well, oh, is that the gavel? 
Well, it's... Was that supposed to be a gavel? No, he's... You talk about just... Talk about no, I'm not making a Gallagher. joke. I'm not Soft, making a joke. Oh, just oh. crushing watermelons. I'm not making a joke. No, but like... You're not making... You have, like Cinemax? No. No, no, no that's like not there a was joke. always a plant like in the way. Like Cinemax? I'm asking a question. There's always a plant in the way. You it's couldn't really soft. see it. They're soft, and then there's... He's... A, the Astro and the Astros is... Watching Cinemax John's after right. 11. Oh, John's right. On. You I'll, wanted to make a little. You wanted you to try throw to tail a Skinamax on John's, thing out there. Yeah, you do. Well, you did a Skinamax thing. Yeah. Skinam- I didn't say Skinamax. I said but Cinemax. That's what it is. After 11, and John goes, no, I'm just, I'm just asking questions. 11 o'clock, though. I guess. Pow, pow, pow. No, that's him. That's, that's Lance during double banger stuff. Yeah. Yes, we got to get this back out for both of you. Okay. I just think, I would never say I that. just think hard sweep isn't a thing. You made that up too. Yeah. Like you made it's up not, soft it's sweep. A sweep or not a sweep. Yeah. No, that's all there's it soft is. sweeps and hard sweeps. No, no that's not that, a thing. Yes, there are, guys. I'm sorry if you don't like it's it. Really not. You know what uh what's gonna be really nice is on Saturday night, the weather is gonna be great. It's gonna be a great night to be outside, to be at T D E C U Stadium, to be watching college football, to be spending very little. How about four tickets, four hot dogs, four sodas for just sixty bucks? That's a family four pack special. That's going on. Sam Houston State is coming to town. They're gonna to have a lot of orange in there. Gotta wear red. Gotta be red. Gotta be loud. Gotta show them them Sam Houston Bearcats. What this what Coog what Coog Stadium's all about. Let's go. Get there. Going to be a beautiful night for football. Go tailgate before. They've got a great outside. they got the huge LED TV screen, the Bud Light backyard. There's plenty of places. Even if you don't know anybody, you can have a great time. Um, you can have a great time tailgating out there. You're looking for a great night, Saturday night. Going to be perfect out to go and watch your Cougs. Let's get your tickets now. UHCougars.com slash tickets. 713-GO-COUGS. UH. Cougarstickets.com slash tickets.